Hey everybody, welcome to Rider Club Radio, the internet's number 3,764th podcast about Common Rider, hosted by an American and a Canadian. I'm Jeff. And I'm Liam, and you think that'd be a narrower category? Yeah, I guess the internet's kind of flooded with every type of topic now. There's no originality anymore. Makes you think. Yeah. It makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you think. This week... (laughs) We watched Chojin Sentai Jetman episodes 15 and 16, and Common Rider Build episode one. Whoa! We're on a we're on a new we're on a new journey together, everyone. Astonishing, Liam. Why don't you tell us if you can unpack it? What happened on episode one of Common Rider Build? Well, this is complex, and it's going to be difficult because most of this is stuff we already knew. But uh, an astronaut goes to Mars. A bunch of them, presumably. Yeah, I didn't know that part. They they go to Mars, <laughs> and on Mars is um, the fucking Helheim ruins, and they find... Yeah, it's the same fucking it's, place, right? <laughs> it's the Helheim ruins the and, and the final boss stage from X-Aid. Jesus Christ. So They hit fucking pay dirt when they found that place during <laughs> Gaim, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and there they find a mysterious box called Pandora's Box. But they call it that and before... They open it! Yeah, they they take it down to Earth, and it's it's they're having a press conference. Yeah, look at this weird cube, and this guy in a hat runs up and hits it. Well, they keep it under the most tight maximum security you could possibly find—a cake glass. <laughs> the guy just like pushes it off with one hand and hits the top of it. We don't know who this dude is. He's a mysterious guy. He hits the top of it with the palm of his hand. And these three walls come up and divide Japan into three. Apparently, this was held at the exact center point of all of Japan. Uh, yeah, apparently, like these walls were already there. Yeah, they come, which is more mysterious to me than anything. They come really. out of the ground, and the fucking they they divide all of Japan into three. And so Japan decides, hey, fuck it, let's just divide into three countries. Uh, that that'll make things easier. I don't remember the name. I remember planes don't exist. Yeah, we don't have like cranes or anything. So no, no way possibly to get through this wall. Uh, All I remember is the one that Sento lives in is called Toto. So inside Toto, there's a dude named Sento, and he's he's applying to work for the Toto Institute of Advanced Matter Physics, or TAMP for short. God, you remember so much more of this than me. (laughs) That's a good thing you're the recapper. I'd be like, he has to apply to a a science thing and the prime minister's best friend is there no joke i had to go back and look at it when i was writing down my okay. little notes i was like what the fuck is it i'm going to refer to it as t-amp from now on or t-amp t-amp t-i-a-m-p uh he goes to T-amp. apply yeah he goes to apply there and he's he's by day he's a mild-mannered physicist who's a genius and by night he fights the smash as bill the smash of these monsters that have appeared and they're like people who are fucked up and he, he beats them up and takes their, like, essence in a little bottle. And he lives in a cafe, and he's trying to have sex with the owner's daughter. And no, the he's not. He hates her. Oh, he's for sure gonna fuck by the end of this show. Oh, yeah, that definitely happens in every Rider series. Every they totally ride. always have the main character fuck his love interest. Mm-hmm. On, on screen. screen. Yeah. It's Full just, frontal. It's tradition. I believe they call that uh, Gonzo, the style that they film in. <laughs> So he has he has the bottle that he takes and he can put it into a microwave, and uh, the the owner's daughter he like locks her in a room or something and she she can turn it into a a build form a full bottle, 
for him. She, like, imagines real hard, and it, like, takes her thoughts and turns it into a build bottle. I don't know. That's We're not sure what happens. She's just in the room, and then she comes out, and it's, like, a hedgehog thing. So he takes it, and he's like, yeah, sick. Uh, But he gets hired at at T-Amp, and while he's there, they're telling him about Pandora's box and shit, and he he learns about Ryuga Banjo, who's this boxer who got, like, kicked out of boxing for some some match-fixing shit. And then he yeah, got he, sent he to jail. he did fight fixing. Yeah. Which uh, I learned in our Discord, some people don't really know what fight fixing is. Mm. Uh, so it's a boxing thing when one or more of the boxers is paid off to lose. You know, so that the the fight goes one way. Whichever way people are betting, like if there's one guy who's real good and one guy who's shit, they pay the guy who's real good to fake losing the fight so that they make a shit ton of money off of it. Yeah, you bet against the odds. It is also super illegal. <laughs> Probably in Japan, too, I guess. I don't know. Japan is like Thunderdome. I hear anything is anything is allowed there. <laughs> well, now it is. Now it's been split into three. <laughs> if he wanted to make a career in fight fixing now, he'd be set. But he was like ten years too early. <laughs> So he's he, like 10 years old. When did he fucking fight fix? Was he like 7? He was busy. Uh, he got run in for fight fixing. And then he had to deal with Amazons. And now, after that, he got <laughs> run in for killing a guy. Dude, the world is fucked. It's just everything that could go wrong does go wrong in Japan. That's That region to the right that's all green, that's where Amazons is going on right now. Holy shit, he jumped the wall. That's how he <laughs> yeah. fucking ended up in this show. He would get that. Well, would you? Could you blame him? He probably dug under No, I would definitely leave the cannibal world <laughs> as fast as humanly possible. So he's, he's, he's uh, accused, he's convicted of murdering someone, but he claims he was framed and he's escaped and he's, he beats up a bunch of cops and he's like on the run. And he build, beats up a bunch of robots. Robot, robot cops. And Bill is like, well, I'll, I'll go check it out. I'll see what's up, because he seems like a swell guy. Well, he's so, putting off um, like the Smash waves the same way that Smash put off. Yeah, because he got experimented on. Spoilers! We're not Ooh. there yet in this episode. Spoilers, turn it off! He goes out and he meets him, and Banjo's like, Yeah, don't throw me back in jail, dude, because then the, the bad guys will get me and will experiment on me. And before he can explain, a Smash shows up. They have a little fight. And a smash shows up, and Sento beats the shit out of it. And then, again, before he can fully explain, the police show up, and they're like, get over here, fucking Ryuga. You're a murderer. And Ryuga's like, why doesn't anyone believe me? <laughs> and Sento is so... Please believe me! Please believe me! <laughs> Sento is so moved by his plight that he's like, get on the fucking bike. And they have a fucking baller, kick-ass chase scene. With ridiculous special effects. and God-awful special effects. I loved it. <laughs> and in the end, uh, fucking Sento is a, a fugitive now. Because he helped a fugitive escape. So, Well, Sento isn't a fugitive. Build is a fugitive. His secret identity of Build is a fugitive. Yeah. For which helping. is nice that there's a secret identity for a change. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had that in a little while. Well, I haven't had that since Drive, yeah. Yeah. In Drive, it wasn't really ever mentioned for the most part, though. Yeah, it became a thing partway through, and then he just drops it. Jeff, what do you think of the first episode of Kamen Rider Build? You know what? I really liked it. Me too. 
I like that it sets up a world. It's not just in everyday Japan. This happens. Yeah. It's like actually everyday Japan got fucked up years ago. Now it's like some weird ass three country place. Some weird dystopia. Space wall. Yeah. Which is great. What I really enjoyed is that every first episode of a rider show, like I complained about this for years, is they'll have a first episode that just has so much shit to set up that it feels like it's moving at a breakneck pace. But I feel mm-hmm. like having Sento start as build completely fixes that. You oh, don't yeah. have to. You don't have to have like the whole thing where he's like, "Whoa, what's this belt? How do I use it?" There's all that shit just already happened. We can focus on what's happening right now in the story, like the actual. You plot. can show that shit little by little, yeah. as it goes along. Yeah. That's fine. The thing that I loved most about it is how the background that it's hinting at is super Showa. Like, he's a dude who was experimented on by an evil organization and became a common rider, and now he's fighting against them. Yeah. They have, like, the added Agito spin that he lost his memory, and the main plot of the show is going to be him finding his memory. But uh, I love that there's an evil organization behind things. Yeah. That's my favorite common rider trope. And you don't even know who they are yet. Maybe they're working for the government. Maybe they're Foundation X. Maybe it's Foundation X. <laughs> That's a funny thing uh, when he when he applies to work at T Amp, they're like, "Hey, what's your past experience?" And on his resume, he writes, "A physicist, probably," because he's not <laughs> sure. I love that the fucking like prime minister's assistant is like, "Oh, you lost your memories? That's weird." Anyway, welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what happens to Smash people? Oh well, here's a job. Oh well, I don't know anything about that for sure. <laughs> I'm, not. I'm definitely not going to turn out to be involved in some way. No, no. Please ignore the mustache. Dude, I love how uh, in a children's television show, a guy propositioned a girl to fuck all night. Dude. At the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I love that. There's there's a reporter who doesn't play much of a big role in this episode, but she's asking about Build, and he's like, yeah, we can talk about Build at the hotel next door. If you're cool with that. And she's like, And oh he says at the hotel next door all night long. <laughs> and she starts walking with him and then she goes, wait a minute. And he was propositioning sex. And then her editor's like, can you make it to the hotel? <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to more of that. Yeah. The- uh, Sento is a fun character, except, like, I don't like that they've already set up the stupid quirk with the silly music that's gonna happen every single time. Where his hair pops When he out. scratches his head and he gets, like, an alfalfa yeah. in the back. <laughs> like, uh... And then the laugh track I plays. Just, I got tired of that partway through the episode. They did it, like, six times. Mm-hmm. I like that he's kind of a prick. He's... <laughs> He's a little he like I like I said when the trailers were out. I like that he knows how smart he is, and he's a bit of a he's a bit smug about it. Yeah, he's a little bit smug. He's no Tendo, no, but he is a little bit smug. And I hope that doesn't get drained away when the other writers start appearing. That's that's the curse of the main character, I think, in any writer series is their personality slowly fades a little bit when other writers appear. And they just become main uh, character man. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit. Like, I'd say Shinosuke's faded a little bit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just, like, gone immediately. And they're just main rider man forever. Yeah. Which sucks. Crying shame. 
Uh, I like that Sento is just kind of like a dickhead to people he thinks that aren't aren't as smart as he is. <laughs> I like the gag when he and the uh, cafe owner's daughter are drawing on each other's faces. Oh yeah, she draws on his face, <laughs> then he gets her back later. I like that the cafe owner is like, "All right, you got to start paying rent." Yeah, it's. It, that's, I like I like that trope when something mundane causes a problem for a rider. That's another thing. There's there. It feels like there's a little more dramatic realism. A little more... It, it does feel a little like an older Heisei series. Especially with the... A little uh, bit. The fucking sex proposition and the... Yeah. <laughs> the fact that the, the living situation is weird, but it's not like completely unrealistic in that the guy is charging him, which I, I think is a funny little detail. And uh, the, Most of the characters aren't like two-dimensional cartoon characters. Yeah, the police are involved. A reporter is involved, just like they would be if the, this shit started happening. They're not, like... I feel like Ryder sometimes gets into, like, over-dramaticism with trying to get a character's personality across. Mm. I feel like things were more subdued this time, which I appreciate. Yeah. And I really look forward to learning more about these characters, but also learning more about the world that they inhabit, which is always a great thing for any series, but it's especially kind of special in a Rider series. Yeah, it's neat. We've only seen Toto so far, too, so I wonder if maybe, as part of the plot, it'll be like one-third of the show is in Toto, one-third of the show is in whatever land, and then the other third of the show is in, like, the last place. It'd be kind of neat if they had to, like, journey between them to get shit done. That'd be pretty cool. There is a part of me that worries that they're just gonna stay in Toto the whole time, though. Yeah, that is also kind of stressing, but they wouldn't introduce all three of these regions that they were going to show them at least I feel like they're going to show them but just in like cutaways like oh this is what's happening there on TV and it fucking better not is... uh, maybe I'm being pessimistic maybe I mean there wasn't really a misstep in the first episode that made me worry mm-hmm. which is pretty rare for a writer series usually I watch a first episode and I can immediately zero in on what's going to become annoying mm-hmm. as time goes along and besides the hair flip thing, which is a super minor gripe, I actually really like this ep- this episode and this show. Yeah, it's it's got it's got good pacing for once in a in a first episode. Like it feels like the yeah, like you have like there's just enough setup, and then the igniting action right at the end is Bill becoming a fugitive, and that's like the beginning of this grand adventure. And uh, it just feels really good. It feels like really good as a setup for a show. It feels like we're gonna get some really cool like motivations mm. for the characters. Uh, I feel like there's there's probably like a good bit of writing leeway when you're writing like a super genius that you can have him do stuff that seems like has no purpose or is unintelligent early and then later on reveal that it was actually some part of some grand scheme that he had. Yeah. So, um, becoming a fugitive for a guy just met hopefully pans out a little bit more than just, well, he was kidnapped by the same people. <laughs> well, this guy could hold the key, Jeff. It's true. And he can't there's, give you the key if he's in jail. There's more classic Showa Rider goodness sprinkled in this episode. The, the stuff that Sento remembers is being uh, experimented on. By people in gas masks, and there being a Batman. Yeah, there. there was a Batman there, yeah. Which is all Common Rider 1. I appreciate that Overtime called him a Batman, too. They they know. Yeah. 
I love that. That's good. I'm, I'm I, yeah. When I first saw the scans of that guy, I was like, "Is that closer?" But it's it's a uh, night rogue. Night rogue, it's... and I still don't know whether he's closer or closer. We're gonna. Have but wait I really, until someone... I really hope he's closer. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait until someone says it in the show. But that's the thing. Either, either way, they're gonna say Kurosa. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess you have to pay whatever. really close attention to whether it's su or z. Well, just whatever fucking overtime. No, wait, it will be spelled the same no matter what. So overtime. Yep. Can't I think we're just never gonna know. It's we're gonna just gonna have to pick true. one. <laughs> Shit. Oh There's well. There's no character that stands out as somebody I'm gonna hate yet either. Yeah, there's Which no is one, exciting. There's no Onari where you see and you're instantly like, fuck that guy. Or, or uh, Poppy, where like from episode one, you're like, ah, nope, I'm good. Mm, no more no I certainly this. don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I guess like, Bonjo is kind of like the secondary who's going to be like, have the checkered past and be like the dark rider or whatever. Mm. But I like him. I like, he's just sort of like a normal guy. Compared to everybody else around him. Yeah, he's not like a super genius or anything. He's just he's just roped up in some shit that's way over his head. Yeah, I'm I'm certain he was uh, framed for fight fixing. Uh, for murder, at least. Hopefully he actually did fix fights. That'd be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd like him... I'd like him to have, like, an actual criminal past, and that's why he was targeted for this. Yeah, that would make sense. I want to know more about the evil organization. I like that we don't. I think that's super cool that, like, the secret evil organization is a secret to us as viewers as well. Yeah, there's no, like, voiceover at the beginning. Oh, here's Shocker, or here's Foundation X, or what the fuck ever. And they're doing this and this and this. It's like, you you don't know. You know as much as the characters. No. You know they're Smash. That's it. Yeah. And the Smash in this episode... Well, first, before I say anything about that, I absolutely fucking adore that we're introduced to build in a night fight scene. Yes. Night fights. It's it's been so long since a genuine night fight. <laughs> I mean, there was a little bit of it in X Eight. X Eight had a taste, a couple tastes of it. Couple, whenever Kronos uh, was around, tippy tastes. And I mean, yeah. it was fairly short, but it was still really cool to get an introduction to a rider during a night scene again. I love riders whose eyes. I like I like when they do that with Ryder when it's nighttime and their eyes light up. Oh yeah. I think that looks super cool. It is super dope. Looks cool with Fies, looks cool with XA, looks cool with this guy. The thing about night fights isn't just a stylistic thing. I feel like it adds another layer to the whole common rider mythos. Like having monsters attack in the middle of the day and people run around screaming and everything is one thing. But having them attack at night when no one else is around makes it that much more threatening. That they're not just, mm-hmm. like, crazy monsters, like, throwing chairs around and stuff. They're, like, targeting people for murder. Yeah, it, it gives it a more sinister vibe. Uh, a creepier vibe at yeah. night. And it also makes the riders seem like a secret thing that could... And it's... You have to stretch your imagination very heavily, but it's like a secret thing that could happen because it only happens at night. And... It makes it more, like, mysterious, and I'm having trouble putting it into words, but it gives this vibe to the entirety mm. of the scene, and makes Ryder seem, I don't know, maybe more, maybe it's just better for storytelling, because it's a little bit more of a mature setting. 
and it yeah. cre- it creates this obvious dichotomy between the day scenes when everything's normal and they're just normal people and the night scenes when like horrible monsters are going to kill people and they have to become riders. Yeah. I did get a bit of an Agito vibe from that night fight. Yeah, I did too. Agito has that famous night scene when he comes in and fights the the uh What are they ca- are they they're called um the lords. Lords, yeah. I just, I'm pretty excited for Build. I feel like it's won me over with this first episode. I really hope it doesn't crush my dreams. <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm, um, I'm hyped. I absolutely hate the belt. I think it is it's super fucking stupid that he cranks it. Looks it kind of dumb. Like he's cranking it like fucking Cranky Kong at the beginning of Donkey Kong Country, just on his fucking Victrola. <laughs> To transform. You know what he reminded me of was, uh, like, making shaved ice? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but he has to, like, double jack off shake weights to transform. Yeah. It's just... It looks like a shake weight. It just looks so bad. <laughs> it's so awkward. I really hope uh, that Closer has a different transformation sequence. I've seen one... Translation of Closer, calling him Common Rider Claws. Oh, like, yeah. I heard people talking about claws. that. I wonder what it's actually going to be. I'm so curious. I want him to be Closer. I, closer sounds cool. Because there's only... It's, it's vague and... There's only coffee for Closers. <laughs> only for Closers. Was that a fucking Glengarry Glen Ross reference? Uh, it it might have been. That was a sharp <laughs> ear. My God. <laughs> okay, um, are we done talking about how much we like build? I did want to say that I absolutely loved the design. Oh, in, yeah, builds. In the show. The yeah. wall has a really cool, intricate pattern all over it, even. Build's mm-hmm. costume is fucking amazing. I like his drill sword, even. Oh, yeah. His drill sword's uh, silly, but I got used to it pretty quick. His um, different forms are actually really... The ones we've seen so far are actually really aesthetically pleasing. I'm yeah. a I'm a big fan of well I feel like it's probably easier to make something that's aesthetically pleasing when you're just switching out a color mostly and just adding uh, a little bit of different things like a double did that yeah uh, but it's still really cool I and like the, the smash are actually designed really awesomely too yeah the jet smash looked really cool especially I liked the uh, the the like special effects when he transforms how like one half materializes in front of him the other half materializes behind him and they sort of like slam into him and click into place like a yeah like a plastic model yeah they're like the little tubing things that you pull model pieces out of to put them together which yeah. is he's build you know that's really cool i thought that was kind of funny it's, man i really hope this series is good because i'm gonna be real mad if it's I not hope it, yeah i hope it lives up so, Liam, uh, we got any news? Yes, we have a few newses. Uh, if you watched to the end of this past Build episode, you might have seen a commercial for Kamen Rider Climax Fighters on the PS4. Mm-hmm. An inevitably underwhelming fighting game from Kamen Rider. Jeff, what did you... <laughs> are you, uh... No, I'm not hyped for it. Oh, it's a shame. Like, I don't know. Fool me once, shame on me... Fool me seven thousand. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me seven thousand nine hundred and sixty-three times, shame on me. <laughs> I did like a George W. Bush there. I couldn't get the fool me once, fool me twice out. 
Almost. You were um, struggling. Eventually. Eventually I got it yeah. out. I didn't say you can't fool me no more. Because <laughs> um, that's not true. That's, These, this is how right, buddy. This is how I know I'm a fucking idiot, because I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, I should import that. It's what? surely not going to be... It's going to be as shallow as a fucking puddle, like every <laughs> other Common Rider game. What's funny is just before I saw it, too, I started playing uh, that fucking game, that Dynasty Warriors ripoff. Oh, yeah. But tried War Genesis again. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I kind of enjoy it. Like, I get kind of a perverse it's, it's pleasure. It's brainless fun. Oh, uh, yeah, It really yeah. is. It's like fan service. But uh, it's I like wonder... anytime you play a common rider game, there's like there's like a cycle of common mm. rider games where you hear about it and you're like, oh man, that looks like it's gonna be really fun, and you start playing and you're like, wow, look at all these choices and moves, and then it gets a little, oh, uh, I guess I've already done like everything that you can do, <laughs> but I mean it's still fun, and then it eventually becomes, dear God, there's nothing to do in this game, is there? <laughs> You play what is, you play the currently airing rider, and you're like, oh my god, he's got so many forms and modes and shit. This game is so deep. And then you go back and play your favorite rider. Maybe you're a fan of Agito, and he's not deep at all, and they didn't put any effort into him. And it's like, oh, nope. oh, it's this. Oh, I see. Oh, I, I forgot. This is how common rider works. Never mind. <laughs> I if it has offline multiplayer, I think I'll get it. If not, then it's it's gonna be a no from me. I am not going to get it. That's unless unless it comes out and it's like super fucking good and everybody's like, wow, I can't believe they finally got it right. The first good rider game. Uh, I don't foresee that happening. Though. Yeah, don't don't count on it. Especially because they were showing all these like really flashy, fancy graphical representations of like characters doing shit. And they showed like right at the end of the commercial, like maybe a second of actual gameplay and mm. it looked like a PS2 game. <laughs> and I was like, Haha, I saw that. I fucking saw it. Bandai. They, they're making the trailer and fucking big boss man at Namco Bandai is like, you have to put in gameplay. You have to. And they're like, mm, yeah, we'll fucking see about that. Just fucking put in one second of it, <laughs> Just dick. one second. The contractually obligated amount of gameplay I have to put in. I'm gonna show the fucking pachinko <laughs> graphics for the rest of the commercial oh god that cutscene that they showed was neat but like yeah, yeah. gameplay looks a little underwhelming from the one like second a, that I've seen it it looks like the one second of gameplay I was watching looked like um fucking Power Stone see that that would hype me yeah it, it, I fucking it, love Power Stone yeah Power Stone's cool as fucking balls but to me what i thought of when i first looked at it was jojo also or jojo's bizarre adventure eyes of heaven which is the oh, yeah? extremely lackluster sequel to all-star battle like it looks like <laughs> that kind of game yeah 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 we'll see Hope, hopefully it'll be good but it won't probably not big news for you jeff okay uh photo footage coming out from the heisei generations final movie uh-huh. Reveals that our boy Takeru Tenkuji is coming back. Face actor. Shinoshime. He's back. Did you miss him? He's back! You know, um, if I had to pick which character in Kamen Rider history had the most punchable face, <laughs> it would have to be Takeru Tenkuji. 
Really? Not that dude from the Blade movie? Uh, it's a tough one. They're actually kind of similar looking. <laughs> like, the nose? Yeah. But the thing about the dude from the Blade movie is that he only looks like that when he smiles. He mostly looks normal otherwise. But mm-hmm. fucking Takeru always looks like a weirdo. That's he true. always looks like a punch face. <laughs> I can only even think of one person who has a more punchable face, and it's the Nostalgia Critic. Oh my god, you're right. Fucking c- come at me, Nostalgia <laughs> Critic. I know you fucking listen to this shit. Yeah, all, all, all six Nostalgia Critic fans on Earth get at us. Hey, people get mad at me when I say that. They're like, well, he fucking does good reviews. And I'm like, what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> I stepped in a time machine and I'm back in 2006. Oh my god. Jesus. I'm sure he still does. Probably. I don't know. Oh, I never wow. actually watched much of his stuff. I just think he has a punchable reports. face. <laughs> uh, Jeff, big news. If, if this isn't big news, Liam... I'm going to ineffectually be angry about it via okay. voice. Get ready. There's uh, the CSM Kaiser Gear is coming out. And That's they made cool. a little a trailer starring the actual actor, whose name I don't remember at the time. His name is Kusaka. Yeah, actually, yeah. Kusaka, Kusaka. <laughs> I don't they remember his name either. It's the weirdest thing. They didn't... Like, you know when they released the CSM uh, Gitag Zector and they had like a full thing with Kagami's actor... Yeah, they released like what could only be called a teaser for that, where it's like, "Oh, Kaiser Gear coming soon, at this date, get it here." And then it shows just like with the fucking game trailer, one second of Kaiser's actor messing with it in the the white room. Oh my god! So you god. know they're gonna put out a trailer, like a full one, where he actually talks about it and shit. But they're it's just a like a teaser, a teaser for a trailer for a commercial. For this toy. What if that was it? What if they just brought him in the room and like we're like, hey, here's this fucking CSM Kaiser driver, isn't it cool? And he looked at it and played with it for like one second and then was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm not playing with this shit. They got they, they got the one second of footage and they're like, okay, you can leave. You're good. I gotta go dress up as a bird guy. Like, he demanded a, can this wait? He demanded like a living proper wage. And Toei was like, get the fuck out of our building right now. <laughs> now he fucking loves Kaiser. That's man. true. Did you, did you see when he tried to make... I, I think we talked about it. We he tried to make there day. be a bard day. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know about bard day. I'm cool bard with day. Kaiser day. Kaiser day's the shit, but... Don't, don't, uh, don't test your luck on bard day. It's too bad that there aren't 55 days in a month. <laughs> <laughs> then we could have Fies day. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. There was a Fies Day. It was on 5505. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I did too. It's a shame. So a YouTube video came out this, this recent past week. Somebody got their hands on a build driver, and like always, they spoofed it to play sounds from all the different combinations. And there's shit like dinosaur, race car. Yeah, there's like 36 of them. 30-something. Whale jet. There's, there's 36 best combos yeah but Uh, here's what i'm thinking here's my theory friends Mm. Uh, because the belt was spoofed it's just playing the best combo sound every time do you think that could be i think that's what it is there's no way that they've made 36 best combos because they wouldn't be able to show them in the show all of them so they wouldn't be able to sell toys 
Well, here's the thing. A lot of the time, well, not a lot of the time, but every, every so often, belts and toys and shit from Super Sentai and Rider have sounds that just never get used. Yeah, Drive capacity. Had, had a bunch of them. Yeah, Drive had a bunch of them. What blew my fucking mind was uh, the Tokyo Changer had a bunch of sounds that not only didn't get used in the show, but never even had toys that could activate them. There were a bunch of legend, like, Sentai sounds that just never oh, had yeah? trains. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> like, you could only get them by spoofing them. So I, I, I'm wondering if maybe they're all just in the belt and they're probably just not going to be in the show. That's maybe. probably the maybe case. Maybe they for... just put, like, all the concepts into the belt so that they could produce it earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's... I imagine, like, if... Like, say, for a Hyper Battle video, we want to give them... Uh, what was a weird one? There was, like, giraffe car or something. There was a pirate train was one of the weirdest ones. Giraffe like, car? Just I have this shit on up, standby. Liam. Yeah, I don't know. But it's 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 all there. It's really neat. You can see. If you, wanna, if you don't want spoilers, don't watch it. And just forget those ones that I just told you. Uh, but if you do are curious, <laughs> there's some funny combos there. So check that out. Forget all the spoilers we just said. Just flush your mind out of the entire last <laughs> ten minutes. That's the story of Rider Club Radio. Forget all the spoilers that we tell you all the time. Forget all the episodes. Forget, yeah. Forget all the characters' names. Yeah. <laughs> just give them nicknames. <laughs> Speaking of forgetting all the characters' names, what did you think about this week's two episodes of Chojin Sentai Jetman? Well, in the first episode of Jetman... Uh, Akko's girlfriend is really upset that Akko keeps disappearing on their dates. Mm. And uh, Japan tries to play it off like they're just friends. But what the fuck kind of friendship is this? It's a very close friendship. Codependent-ass friendship. They're trying to stay together forever and shit. (laughs) But um, a voice monster attacks and takes away her girlfriend's voice, so she has to fight to get it back. And in the second one, there's a ghost story. Yes. I guess, sorta. It's a weird ass ghost story. Um, the first episode, I actually don't have a problem with either of these episodes. No. Uh, the first episode, um, I don't know if it shined a light on Akko's personality, made it any clearer. She has sort of like a a selfish, delinquent style personality usually, mm-hmm. but she cares a lot about her friends. Yeah, it at and, least gives her that little fleshing out. Like, it shows her, her humanity a little. I love that there's some standard-ass Peter Parker shenanigans going on in the episode. <laughs> yeah, she, I can't... She Okay, the lips monster appears, and she starts attacking it with perfect kung fu. And she's like, gosh, I can't transform, or else they might might be suspicious that I'm a superhero, even though I'm wearing the fucking Jetman thing on my well, wrist wait all a the second. time. If you transform into a superhero in front of your friends, they're not going to be suspicious that you might be a superhero. <laughs> I just don't know when it became a secret, is all. That's that's the weird thing is, with Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, is they have secret identities when it's convenient, and when it's not, they don't. They, just they fucking... transform in front of people all the time. Yeah, it's just like in um, Juoger, where they just transform out in the open. All the time, and then later on, it's revealed that it's supposedly a secret from Uncle Mario. Cats out of the fuck. Anybody with a phone could have seen it, Yamato. Cats out of the fucking bag. Well, there's the thing in uh, fucking in Double where like he transforms in front of people all the time into Double, but he has a secret identity, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're not even trying. <laughs> 
and like the news people are like, who is this mysterious common rider? And I'm like, you were there! You saw it happen! <laughs> if only people had cameras they could carry in their pockets so they could capture this footage. Everybody in Japan has a flip phone. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they don't have good cameras. They persist over there. Not anymore. Now phones turn into motorcycles. That's the new thing. And they're always... smartphones. Yeah, they're smartphones. And then there's the... Uh... I like that Build has a smartphone. It reminds me of the um, 6th Tokyujir. Oh, yeah. It also had a little smartphone with a railroad on it. It's like the same thing. A little smartphone. A little smartphone. Um, I think the episode with the singing monster, or the, the sound voice-stealing monster, is it's that second kind of Juoger episode that I like, which is just totally Juoger. gonzo. Did I say Juoger? Yes. For fuck's sake. It's that second kind of Jetman <laughs> episode I like that is just totally gonzo nuts. And has no, like, not they fuck just fuck realism. Let's just make the craziest thing we can, just like the ramen episode, where you just sit back and let the episode wash over you, and it's enjoyable in that way. I, remember, I don't. I wouldn't call it the ramen episode. It's just the guy who steals voices. Yeah, I guess it's not as crazy as the ramen episode, but it's still kind of silly, and the monster looks ridiculous. He does. He's just a bunch of mouths. Yeah, I remember I was when I watched Build. My friend watched the the first episode with me because he was curious, and he was like, "That was pretty cool." And then I watched the, the this episode, and he he stuck around and watched that one too. And he's like, "This is way better. This is fucking hilarious." He's like, "This is way better than Bill's." <laughs> if you're judging it on that quality alone, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I will say that I enjoyed the voice episode better this time around. It's definitely the stronger of the two, I'd say. There's a lot of, like, but why happening in the second episode. Like, I, I, I'll i say I enjoyed the first episode. I like that it focused on Akko, who's got not gotten very much attention. Yeah, she needs some characterization. Like, even in her own episode, it was mostly about the weird ramen dude. So it's cool that this episode's about her and her relationship with her best friend. Yeah. Or her girlfriend, sorry. <laughs> her secret girlfriend, yeah. Um, and man, if it's a secret, they need to fucking work on that better. <laughs> but, uh, in the second episode, uh, a monster is taking things out of photographs and paintings and making them real and, uh, making spaghetti attack moms. That was the weirdest. Like, yes, yeah, it was. Spaghetti. Oh, it's already made. That's convenient. Oh my God, it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, it's so strong. Why it's, spaghetti shouldn't be this strong? It's so al dente. <laughs> but <laughs> that very Fuck. realistic laugh. But uh, <laughs> um uh he the monster is like paper dimension and he makes a little girl from a painting come to life which becomes the focus of the episode. Strangely, like, this guy's daughter got killed, mm. and uh, he's painted her a bunch, and the monster brought her to life, and if she plays her ocarina, it uh, hurts the monster? But why? <laughs> That's and the craziest... Then, like, a huge chunk of the episode becomes about, like, helping the little painting girl find her father and play an ocarina for him. So that he can heal but, from his coma. But why? 
Like, he needs to hear his daughter's ocarina or else he'll never wake up. They, Here's the thing. Who is this man? What does this have to do with killing the Viram? He must be fucking Viram. That's the only explanation. <laughs> he's he's fucking Golgom. This this here's the thing. There's a like when when that first appears, when the girl first appears, she plays her ocarina and the monster is like frozen in his tracks. I was like, "Okay, maybe the monster they the I don't know, he's made out of paper that had the girl's drawing on it." Like I, I my brain was a swimming with all these weird explanations for how, like, what the monster's connection was to this artist and his daughter. But as it turns uh, never... out, none. None. No, fuck you. There's none. Shut she, your face. She just happened to be one of the things he brought to life. Like, here's just... the thing, right? Mm. She, he brought... Paper Dimension brought the painting of this painter's daughter who died to life. Mm. And they say she is so pure-hearted that she couldn't be turned evil, and that's why her ocarina, like... Uh, defeats him or whatever. What was evil about the spaghetti? Like, why did the spaghetti become evil? Sp- yeah. Spaghetti is notoriously the most evil dish you can make. <laughs> Hitler's favorite just... food was spaghetti. <laughs> he did work with the Italians. <laughs> but, uh... It's, I don't know. Like, fucking evil-ass spaghetti, but this little girl's okay. She's a hero. That's the thing, if... I think you could do something fucked up, like that episode of Juoger, if the artist's dad was alive and up and walking around, and he's like, oh my god, I can see my daughter again, but if we destroy Paper Dimension, she goes away. Drama. But, like, they don't really do that. They do it for, like, a second, and then the little girl comes out and just gets fucking shot to death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she died anyway. Let's just, Okay, let's kill it. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, monsters are always shooting machine gun fingers. That's, like, Viram's favorite monster add-on, by the way. They always spring for the machine gun fingers at the <laughs> dealership. <laughs> and they're always getting machine gun fingered, and they just kind of, like, fly back and, like, roll over and go, Ah, Viram... Mm-hmm. But this little girl legitimately just gets fucking plugged full of goddamn lead and falls on the ground dead. <laughs> well, she wasn't hit by the burdonic waves, is why. I guess. Burdonic waves make you bulletproof. What this idiot dad should have done is drawn a picture of his daughter as a Jetman. Then she would have been fine. That's true. He should have painted a picture of her with a bulletproof vest, at least. <laughs> just in case this exact situation... <laughs> arises what is he an idiot (laughs) but he's in a coma because he's sad and uh his daughter's ghost painting plays an ocarina and brings him back to life Mm. and he sees her and she then like leaves and he's totally cool with it and he's apparently happy afterwards i got to see my dead daughter i guess she left and went somewhere but maybe he thought he was like waking up from a coma and it was like he was all delirious and he saw her ghost. Maybe that's what he Maybe. thinks happened. Maybe. Either way, I feel like this episode had it had potential in both directions. You could have made it a super dramatic episode, or you could have made it a super silly episode, like make him target a manga author or something. But like it Which tries to did. double dip. Yeah, he does he does that like in a cutaway. But yeah. like the show seems the writers are trying to like double dip and make both and in the mm. end it just it comes out kinda limp. Dude, that's my favorite cutaway, though, when, like, the dog appears, and it's yeah. super obviously, like, being held on a leash. You can <laughs> see the leash. <laughs> it's a good thing he drew the leash in, too. Thank God, so. yeah, he would have been dead. <laughs> I think about, like, 
What about all those people who were attacked by the Jason knockoffs? Did they die? Because, like, the <laughs> Jason knockoff swings a machete and then it cuts away. They're definitely they, all dead. They all got fucking hacked to pieces. Like, the Jetman are walking home like, Haha, good job, we reunited that man with his dead daughter. And they just, like, waltz past just a pile of fucking human body parts laying in a bloody <laughs> mess on the street. People implicitly die a lot in Jetman. I remember the episode with the camera monster that traps people in photos. Uh-huh. And he there's a bit when he just he's like, fuck all this photo shit and just starts blowing up buildings by oh, taking yeah. photos of them and somehow. People are just running away screaming with buildings it's, falling on them. It's like this giant catastrophe that would be in Japan's news forever, probably. And like, oh, yeah. And they just gloss it's, over it. Yeah, fuck it. Just 10,000 people died, whatever. It's like, it's hard to be all never forget about a tragedy when, like, a camera monster calls it. <laughs> it's just embarrassing at that point. It's I just, mean. it really is embarrassing. <laughs> that we allowed this to happen. <laughs> Fucking jet, man. That's the thing, like, if people died at this rate in Japan, like, by the end of the series, there would be no one left in Japan besides the jet man and <laughs> the commander. That's it. I think people would probably be rethinking the jet man if they were that bad at their jobs. They're like, not hey, good. Actually, people are still dying at an alarming rate. Maybe we should rethink our defense against Viram. That's the thing about uh, Super Sentai in general from every series I've watched is that none of them are particularly good at stopping people from being murdered. <laughs> like, specific people, they're great. Like, one or two people in a group, they're great at stopping them from being murdered. But when it mm. comes to the masses... You're fucked. Yeah, that's why if I ever saw that a Super Sentai team was real, I would immediately jump on a plane and fly to where they're at and become friends with one of them as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. Make sure they know your name and are on a first-name basis with you. Uh, but not too close. I would never go into a romance with one of them because yeah. that you die a million times worse that way. Just be just be Raita's like, friend that he sees sometimes on the weekends. Yeah. Just be like the guy who plays in Guy's Band. Yeah. And then the worst thing that'll happen is you'll maybe get kidnapped once. And then you're safe. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You can put up with that. Also, don't be anyone's father. <laughs> Never have ever. Children. Just, just ever. Like, that's even if even... you're not in the Super Sentai yeah. universe, in <laughs> any just, universe, you're going to get murdered advice. so that they have character development. It's going <laughs> to happen. Even in real life, don't. Just don't. Yeah. If you're a billionaire, don't have a single son <laughs> and take him to a movie. It'll be bad. I promise never, you. Never go to the opera. They didn't go to the opera, dipshit. They Dip. went to go see Zorro. I swear in one version it was the opera. Uh, they went to go see the Mark of Zorro. I swear, was, it, was it in the Tim Burton movie? Was it the opera? Maybe. I swear there's one version where it was the opera. I'm not crazy. Maybe. The Tim Burton version is a good movie. It is a fun movie. Um, is that all we have to say about Jetman? Uh, yeah, I'm done talking about Jetman. First episode was, was good. Uh, Second episode was a little. It was all off. right. I didn't really yeah. have too much of a problem with it. Yeah. Why don't we jump into some emails? Sure. Our first email is from Jetto Jaguar, mm. who says, "Hi, Jeff and Liam. How's it going? Eh, it's going all right. Yeah, been better. Thanks for your question." 
No, he continues on. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to let you know that I wasn't able to watch the last couple of months of X-Aid for complicated life reasons, but I still kept up to date with the podcast, so basically I experienced the last ten or so episodes through you. Oh, no. It was okay, I guess. Dot, dot, dot. That's the worst way to watch a show, unless it's Ghost. God, yeah. We're like a physical shield between you and Ghost. <laughs> but X-Aid's an actual good series, yeah. so... When you watch, you need, you can't just watch Ghost, you need us as, like, your condom when you're going into Ghost. Yeah. I was thinking, like, a pair of, like, the glasses you wear to look at the eclipse. I didn't think... No. No, we're a condom. Please don't put us on your dick. (laughs) Please put us on your dick. Oh, God. Please put us on your dick, Liam, 2017. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I have a question, a hypothetical one. Let's say your girlfriend was, for whatever reason, trying to find your secret porn folder on your computer, but instead came across 600-plus gigabytes of Common Rider. How would you explain to her what Common Rider is and why it's okay for a grown man to watch it when she's a normie who doesn't even quite understand what anime is? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Asking for a friend's friend, and this isn't actually... He just dreamed it. It's not real at all, so... <laughs> Here's just wondering hypothetically. Mm, hypothetically. Hypothetically, uh, just tell her that it's a show for children to sell toys to Japanese 10-year-olds, and she'll understand. Yeah, that'll definitely not end up with you fucking masturbating for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, here's the thing, like, I've never dated a girl who was a normie in my life. Really? So I don't, like, every girl I've dated has always been at least a little bit of a dork. That's funny. Um, I probably dated a few who would have been like, why the fuck are you watching this? This is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's probably why I'm not dating them anymore. Smart. Smart. I, I find with most people, they don't care what you do with your spare time. It's more like how you act about it. I, I think a person would probably not give a shit as long as you didn't talk their ear off about it when you knew they didn't care. That's this true. is just your hobby that you do in your spare time, and if, if they can't deal with it, then fuck them. Like, if they're like, what the fuck is this little kid shit you're watching, you can just be like, oh, it's just something I like to watch. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, asshole. What are you going to do? How are you going to act? And then fight them. I, yeah, just be like, it's something I like to watch, and then punch your girlfriend in the eye. <laughs> I can't endorse that. <laughs> trying so hard not to no, don't do that. Don't ever punch your girlfriend in the eye. Because if you watch Common Rider, she can definitely beat you up. She, she will take you. You'll be an easy win. Don't worry. I don't know. That's a situation. I feel like Liam has the right tack. Like every girl I've ever dated who's ever questioned anything I've been into, I've literally just been like, eh, it's something I like," and they've always backed off immediately. Because people, people really don't care that much these days. Not like really. I mean, geek culture everybody has to... something. Yeah. Everybody has something that they're into that they would be a little bit embarrassed to talk about with other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a level of understanding that's just... They don't know that they're understanding. It's just... They'll just be like, alright, well, whatever. Yeah. It's it's how and you act about your hobbies. And if they don't, then hobbies. they're just an asshole. Yeah. How you act about your hobbies is actually more important than your hobbies themselves. That's true. As it's long like, as your hobby isn't, like, child murder. Yeah, that's... <laughs> or something like... I think something like taxidermy is probably something you can't come back from, but... Yeah, if your hobby is, like, legit creepy, 
That's that's a problem. But like watching a show isn't really creepy. Yeah, no. Unless the show you watch is a snuff film, I guess. <laughs> My favorite. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um Thanks for writing in though. I hope we answered your question. Don't be a spaz, I think is the correct answer. Just be a hundred percent confident all the time. Keep your chest puffed out. Uh have a really big dick. Have and nice everyone hair. will yeah. love you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just don't pull it out in public, trust me. <laughs> Our next email is from AJ, who wrote a uh, very long email about how they do uh, English cover songs for anime and video games, and oh. that they're going to be doing a cover song for Kamen Rider Black. That's sick. For the 30th anniversary, and they wanted me to share their YouTube which uh, I will do for zero dollars for anybody I actually like their stuff. Just this once. Uh, the YouTube is uh, youtube.com slash my name is sport. My name is sport. And they have some uh, genuinely pretty good um, cover songs. Yeah. It's like English spoke like English language versions of anime oh, the, songs. Like, songs that never got yeah, translated or anything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're going to be doing a, uh English cover of the theme song for Black. That's pretty cool. Black's got a, a banging theme song. Hell yeah. So um, check them out. Check them out. Yeah, I'll have to look at it um, too. I'll, I'll give you the link later. Sure thing. They're pretty good. Uh, if, Like I said, if you, sen- if you start sending me shit to try to get me to shill for it, we don't. We have like 400 listeners or something. Yeah. <laughs> You're really not going to be widening your fan base very much. Look, that's that's four hundred. That's reaching four hundred people for free. I it's guess not bad. Um, it's worth a shot. I have to like your stuff to do that. Make like sure. the only things, the only things I've ever shilled on here are uh, my name is Sport there, um, Cannibal Saracenian's art, mm. which you can find really good stuff, and uh, Night that. Uh, Toku series that um, oh, yeah. Melancholy yeah. made, uh, which was cool. Yeah, I remember seeing bits of that. Yeah. Also, Melancholy's art I mentioned at the same time was really great as yeah. well. Jeff has so integrity. you have to have you have to have good stuff, or I'm not going to tell people about it. So don't <laughs> if you if you make shit, don't ever show it to my face ever. Just shut your entire fucking mouth before you come before me. And you know if you make shit or not, you know. <laughs> I know, I'm doing it right now. Hey yo. Hey. Hey. Alright, uh our next email is from Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Who says, Hey Jeff and Liam, it goes without saying, but Build's base suit is truly sublime. Especially the glowing eyes during the night scene. Mm. First episode looks pretty solid in my opinion, and the tone was more serious and dark than expected. The I want him brought in dead or alive, it doesn't matter line stood out. Yeah. The literally and figuratively calculated rider kick was icing on the cake. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. He slides down a fucking graph, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was kind of like odd compared to like the rest of the episode, but I did like it. it. At first, I thought it was in his head, like he's calculating his trajectory, and that's like, oh no, no, it's no. real. It's like a real thing that happens. (laughs) I I wonder what stuff like that is made of. It's made of uh, brain power. Whatever. I mean, like, if it's energy or if it's like a fucking, like, physical thing. I don't know. Probably made of wood. Yeah, that's what it is. It's made out of fucking plywood. Paper mache and PVA glue. 
<laughs> Questions. One, since Jeff already mentioned his, I'd like to ask what Liam's favorite RPG setup weapon-wise is, and what your guys' ideal RPG weapon slash magic choices for ranged combat are. Oh. Oh. Uh, mine was sword and board. Was my setup for RPG weapons. It's it, always sword and shield. I'm usually the idiot that goes for a dex build. If oh, yeah? if it's viable, I like to usually have a knife. Or like, I remember last time I played Morrowind, I used a short sword. So you're trying to do like DPS. You're trying to hit for like as much damage as possible really quickly. Yeah, usually it's just whatever is cool. Right now I'm replaying uh, Dark Souls. And I'm using a fucking... The S-Stock. Oh, dude, just, the S-Stock is fun as fuck. It's, so, it's like you gotta parry and backstab or you're probably gonna lose. It's really fun. Oh, that's definitely true. My favorite nuts. weapon. My favorite weapon in that game is the Balder Side Sword. Yeah, I've heard that one's good. I remember I... Uh, just cause like... Actually... What? I lied. My favorite weapon is the Astora Straight Sword, but like twenty, like thirty percent of the way through the game, it's completely useless. That's no matter shame. how high you upgrade it. I was going through Sens, and I was like, you know, this this weapon's got really high like repost damage, so I'll just I'll I took took my shield off and got, got like a just a side weapon just just to parry, just to see how it was, and it was fucking brutal. But I had a good time. <laughs> I like the S talk a lot. Oh man! So yeah, I guess fun if, house. If I had to pick, probably like a dagger. I like to stab motherfuckers from behind. So just one dagger? You wouldn't do the dual wielding daggers? No, I'm not some asshole. Yes, you are. Okay, but I'm not that kind of asshole. <laughs> just one. But is what enough. is your what is your ranged combat choice? Oh, a crossbow for sure. Oh yeah, mine's yeah. like a longbow. I like a nice crossbow. See, I like a longbow because I'm like I'm actually like a big fan of like the Robin Hood myth. Hmm. I fucking not like the Robin Hood from Ghost that was a guy wearing a sailor outfit. Robin but, Hood. Uh, the like Robin Hood mythology is really fucking awesome. I feel like I fell in love with it because of a the Disney Robin Hood movie when I was really little. The one with the fox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which has like one of the most fucking clever uses of anthropomorphization in anything. Where, uh, in the Robin Hood myth, Robin Hood disguises himself for the uh, archery tournament. Mm. And he disguises himself as an old man with a big nose. And in the Disney's Robin Hood, he disguises himself as a crow. Like, oh. he puts a fake beak on himself and stands on stilts. <laughs> That's funny. Um, which I thought was super fucking clever. And Robin Hood Men in Tights, when I was a little oh, bit older, yeah. is still one of my favorite movies. That's a funny movie, yeah. It's got to be longbow. It's a good choice. Neither of us chose magic for our ranged Magic is for cowards. That's why. It's true. Magic is for nerds that read books all day instead of (laughs) learning how to shoot a gun. Yeah, magic is for fucking nerds who read books all day and watch fucking children's toy commercials (laughs) in their spare time. (laughs) I would never do such a thing. (laughs) Uh, two, what are some of the traits in terms of personality slash attitude that you guys think a secondary writer should always have or be expected to have? Thanks, and looking forward to the next episode as always, Jake the Snake. I wouldn't uh, say there's any one thing that every secondary writer should have, but I would say they I should would. always have a personality that puts them in 
that like is like a foil for the main rider in some way. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. They have to have a personality that is in direct opposition to the main character's personality. Because that's just interesting to watch. If they're if they're too similar, then there's no reason for there to be a secondary rider. Yeah. They have to be as different as humanly possible. That's you can have lots of drama. I guess that answers that question. Yeah, that was, that was an easy one. Uh, thank you, Jake. We appreciate it. Thanks. Our our next email is from uh, Z Gabotor. Try that again. Z Gabotor. I think that's what it is. Okay. Um, if I butchered it, uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, nah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like I'm not that great at pronouncing names. I try to be, as we know. Yeah, but we're not pronunciation pros at Radio Club nah. Radio. Nah, nah. Uh, hello, RCR. First time writer. I've been listening since early X Aid because I wanted to start my own writer podcast, but was too busy slash lazy to do so. I know that feeling. Uh, then you jumped on mine, <laughs> and now it's yours. Yay! I stole uh, it. Anyways, I was wondering, how have you explained to people why you liked Toku before? During my vacation, I was watching Deno on my phone. My brother saw and asked, why do you watch these shows with bad acting and bad CG? I couldn't really answer him for some reason. Thanks for your time, and I'm looking forward to going through Build with you guys, provided it's better than Ghost. Uh, If I were you, I probably would have elbowed my cousin in the gut. Um, That's all the explanation you need, really. I feel like uh, the way I've explained it is that, um, like, it's like a kung fu superhero program with, like, uh, ridiculous over-the-top special effects, but it has characters that are interesting and grow and are grounded. It's like a little microcosm of writing 101, where it's aimed at younger audiences, the characters have to stand out more. But it's a really good exercise in learning what makes a character like specifically stand on its own as a character compared to those around them because it's so heightened in the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, stuff blows up and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I think it's just a fun long-form drama. It's often got some mystery. It's got cool suits. It's got nice fight choreography. Uh, the special effects are low budget, but some of them look really cool. Yeah, there's, there's a I lot mean, to enjoy a, in Rider. There's always some asshole that like watches something that's low budget and says all these special effects suck, and that's not really the point. They're mm-hmm. not trying to make cutting edge special effects. They're just trying to get the idea across of what's happening. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there right now, and say that Kamen Rider Agito and Kamen Rider Ryuki and all that are mm-hmm. better easily in terms of writing than any of the fucking Netflix Marvel shows. Except maybe the first half of Daredevil Season 2. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think Luke Cage... Luke Cage is great, actually. Yeah. Could probably stand. and But, I mean, it's the same thing, really. It's, it's, it's just yeah. the Netflix Marvel shows have cursing and drinking in them. <laughs> That's it's, literally the only difference between them. It's a long-form superhero drama. Besides, like, budget. Budget, yeah. There there are special effects moments in the Marvel Netflix movies that are just as bad as the special effects in Toei shows. Yeah, the thing is, the Marvel 
Netflix shows don't try. They don't have a lot of special effects, whereas Kamen is, like, bursting with them, but the budget's not that high for them. Like, Red Letter Media always talks about the difference between something that's a cynical cash grab and something that legitimately tries. Mm -hmm. And, uh... You see me cut no fucking punches for Common Rider video games. They are cynical <laughs> cash grabs. Absolutely. And I feel no remorse for saying they're garbage. Mm. Um, but there are people working on Common Rider who are legitimately trying. Yeah, like the, the special production... effects artists only have so much money to put into it, but they are working every angle they could possibly work to make it look as good as possible and mm-hmm. to get the idea across that the writing is trying to get across. If there's anything that Common Rider has learned in the, what, 45, 46 years it's been on, it's how to stretch out that budget. And from the very beginning, all the special effects was there to get across the ideas to the audience of what's happening, not to show exactly what's happening. There's mm. a level of um, using your imagination that is lost on people these days. Yeah. I hate to sound like my own fucking grandfather <laughs> when I was a kid, but... Fucking millennials these days. Yeah. <laughs> not even millennials. Fucking, like, baby boomers, too. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> it's, like... Just using your imagination for something is unheard of these days because they can do it for you now. Like, special effects can do it for you, so you don't really exercise that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, video games just show you the shit that you used to have to just imagine because they were blocks on a screen. Yeah. So you don't really exercise that too much. So when you're confronted with something that's trying to make you use your imagination, you either A, desperately try to have the show or whatever explain itself to you, like when a mystery happens in something like Stranger Things, people are like constantly fucking trying to work out what's the, mis- what's the mystery and trying to get people who work on the show to tell them. Mm. Or they backlash against it. Like, oh, this looks like shit. Or, like, they should just show this. I shouldn't have to fucking imagine it. They should just show it. Yeah. Uh, For a lot of stuff, that's fine. I mean, for a lot of stuff, they show you 90% of things, and then they run out of budget, and they're like, well, you know, you have to use your imagination. That's a fucking cop-out, right? Yeah. But for Common Rider, it's intrinsic in what it is for you to use your imagination. Yeah. That's my two cents. I agree. There's, there's, there is a lot to like about Kamen Rider, and the low budget is at sometimes one of its charms. And, uh, yeah, I, I really think it's no, not really that much different from watching one of those Netflix Marvel shows. No, it's obviously it's, aimed at a younger audience, but there's plenty there to chew on to enjoy. It's a superhero character drama. Yeah, yeah. A little longer. Um. But just elbow your cousin in the stomach next yeah, just, time. Yeah, just, just fucking beat him up. It's fine. That'll be much simpler. It'll be way faster than having to explain all this shit. Our last email of the night is from Don Piantis, who says, Hey, RCR, build is finally out, and it's fucking Pokemon. What? Because I guess you have to defeat them and then capture oh, yeah. the power. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I guess it's a nice change after two series of Dragon Ball hunting for icons and gachettes in the intro arc. Overall, good start. I pissed my pants from Ryuga forever screaming when they're going down the side of the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you guys asked a while ago if we have any favorite RCR episodes. I don't have a particular one. But there was definitely memorable parts. Like, my favorite bickering part would be Jeff asking Liam how he knows bits about Star Trek. Yeah. 
And my favorite email part would be about the Sagata Sanshiro commercials. Oh, when we talked yeah. about those. Yeah. Uh, Liam knows Star Trek. He's a fan. I no, I've actually he never. Is, he is a huge fan of Star Trek. His favorite character is Wesley. Sure, I've never seen a full episode of Star Trek. Literally, the only Star Trek thing I've experienced from start to finish, is the first J.J. Abrams movie. That's my whole experience with the entire franchise. That might be why you're not into watching it. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Uh, P.S. I saw True Ending in theaters, and my feedback would be not to think about the title. I'm going to guess it has just no a, True Ending at all. I figured it's just a cash grab. Questions. One, since Hiroki came back as Ryuga... What do you think of Hiroki's development in Amazons 2? He went from a guy who treated Shihiro as a pet to his wingman for EU. It's kind of weird. I had this question before, but my email came in too late. You know, it's 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 a little bit like he plays kind of the same character. Well, he, he plays... There's similarities between Ryuga Banjo and Hiroki. They're in the, both like the crass youth, right? Yeah. Who are in way over their heads. Or like he That's thinks true. At the beginning of Amazons, he's like, oh yeah, it's just it's the YouTube channel we have where we beat up Amazons. And by the end, he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is all this? Like he doesn't... Oh my god, what is even happening? Yeah, <laughs> like he, he, he just steps into this world that he has no idea of. And that's Maybe kind of... it's like the opposite then. Well, Bonjo's where... been thrust into this world that he yeah. has no idea of. Bonjo starts out thinking that the world is fucked up and crazy, and eventually he's going to become a writer, so he's going to get a handle on it eventually. It's, like, flipped. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. I liked Hiroki all right, but uh, I felt like he was pretty superfluous. He, I, 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 he didn't have much of an effect on the overall, overall outcome of the plot, if that's what you mean, yes. I just mean his po- his plot points could have been sort of dropped for the most part, and nothing mm. would have changed about the series. Yeah. Um, I liked him, though, yeah. I liked yeah, that I liked he was him there. Too. Um, two, which emotional common Rider moment has hit you guys the hardest? There are so many good ones. Like Kuga brutally punching a Grongi instead of straight up killing it. Oh, Ryuki being blanked in the blanked and blank to blank at the end of Ryuki. <laughs> what could that be, I wonder? Uh, what, what is the moment that hit you? I think the one that probably made me, like, the most heavy-hearted was when um, Coda figured out that he was never going to be human again. Oh, yeah. That was a fucked that up was part. that was super fucked. I always say my favorite scene in Rider history is the scene when Ryuki and Knight fight outside of the uh, amusement park, and neither of them really want to. But Knight's girlfriend is gonna fucking die, so he has to figure it out. And but is that the moment that like hit you the hardest? Yes, there's a bit when he knocks Ryuki down and he's on the ground, and Ryuki doesn't want to get up because he doesn't want to fight. And Knight's like walking towards him all menacingly. He's like Tatakai. Like, he's like, fucking get up! And, like, I have to kill you, I'm sorry. And it's... it's Fight back! Yeah, you, like, please don't make me kill you as, like, a defenseless man. Like, let me... Fight me so I, I can do this for real. It's 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 just a really emotional scene. There's I love a, that whole sequence. There's a really emotional scene in Double when uh, Blank gets blanked at the end of Blank. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, that, yeah, that was un, yeah. that was undone in yeah. blank. <laughs> it was unblanked. 
in that blank episode, uh, yeah. That was actually really emotionally heavy too. Mm-hmm. And I mean there's some there's some legitimately crushing moments in Kuga and Agito as well. Yeah. The the porcupine um, grongi was a lovely oh, yeah, scene. Definitely. Very raw. Uh, the thing that hit me in my feels the most was when uh Hongo Takeshi picks up the puppy at the end of the episode and hugs it. Mm. Which happens all the time. Does that happen in Common Rider? Really? <laughs> yeah. He like just finds a puppy and sometimes he finds two puppies <laughs> and he holds them and it's like see he still has his humanity after all. I thought you meant like in every rider show it happens. Like No, Hongo it Takeshi only strolls. it only happens <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Tendo, we beat the worms and then just Hongo Takeshi walks on screen with a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> um three. Out of the blue, do you guys have a memorable Chappelle show skit? Which is funny because I did the "Please Believe Me" bit earlier, but yeah, <laughs> uh, the one that pops into my head every time I think of Chappelle show, and I don't think immediately of like Rick James or the Prince bit, uh, any of the Charlie Murphy stories. Mm. I mm. always think of like the History Channel special that treats uh, gang wars like they're actual wars. <laughs> And I remember the fucking line when he's like, he's super pissed off and he's explaining why they have to go to war. And he's like, we gotta run on them. He poured Morton Saw all over my sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, God, that fucks me up every time. It's been so long since I've watched Chappelle's show, I don't remember anything except for the really famous ones. I fucking love anytime he plays... Oh, the fucking Player Haters Ball is an amazing one. I don't remember that one either. Oh, God, it's it's like all the biggest player haters in the world go to a convention. Mm. And they have contests to see who can hate on each other the most. <laughs> I gotta go back uh, and rewatch it from start to finish. Chappelle's show is so fucking good. Like, anytime he plays the white guy, mm. it cracks me the fuck up. Like, when he's like, what... Oh god, her butt's all big and round and disgusting. <laughs> I love Whatever Dave happened Chappelle's. to some good old fashioned pancake butt? Mm. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's white person impression is always <laughs> funny. I love his, the voice he puts on. Oh god, the whole show is fucking great. Like I was yeah. thinking of the um, World Championship of Dice, where they fucking get raided by a gang at the end of it, and they have to give all the prize money up for it. <laughs> Uh, I love Chappelle's show, though, so that was a great question. I don't know what prompted it, but... Fuck it. I really have to rewatch Chappelle's show. It's been so long. That was a great question. I feel like this is the first week in a really long time where we didn't have a question about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. Uh, Instead of talking about JoJo, I want to recommend My Hero Academia to everybody. Oh, you've been reading that or watching that? Yeah, I've been reading it. Okay. Because I really like to read manga better than I do watch anime. Yeah, same here. Um, It's like one of my favorite manga I've ever read now. Really? It is, is good, so right? fucking good. It's like shonen, like shonen manga done like 100% correctly, where you oh. just like every character. Jesus. Except like, uh, I don't know, maybe he's winning me over a little bit. There's a character you'll love named Bakugo. Mm-hmm. Who is just the biggest fucking raging asshole that's ever <laughs> lived. For literally no reason. That's funny. You know how 
characters always say, don't look down on me when someone tries to help them. Yeah. That's his entire character. That's the whole reason he acts the way he does. Cool. And he has explosive powers. Like he makes Uh, shit explode? Yeah. He like secretes nitroglycerin out of his hands. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I highly recommend it. I think everyone should read it, since we always recommend cool things to people. Mm-hmm. Got any recommendations, Liam? Uh, nope. I've been rereading Death Note. Why? Because the movie came out, and I watched it, and it's not very good, so I decided to go back and reread it. Liam, you liking Death Note does not shock me whatsoever. You don't like Death Note? No, nah, not really. It's pretty good. I like it a lot. Not really. I will say that I never gave it too much of a chance. I only watched like a few episodes of mm. it. So maybe I'd like it if I gave it more of a chance. But it's, I mean... It, it's very like... It's kind of, it's like the kind of thing where everyone's got a fucking genius... Or at least the two main characters who are like fighting each other... Always have a fucking genius 58 step plan... <laughs> to get ahead of the, the next guy. And everything everything the other one does is part of the, the other one's plan... Of course. But then they had a plan to counter that plan. It's like a fucking episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also reading Yu-Gi-Oh, actually. Yeah, so you're funny. reading funny the, the Keikaku series. Everything involving series. a plan, I'm reading. Plan 9 from Outer Space, he's watching. <laughs> you know, Yu-Gi-Oh does this thing where people seem like they know what card they're going to draw before they draw. They're like, oh, it's a pretty good monster you just drew but I'll fucking blow it up right now. And then they draw the card they need. Like, how did they know they were going to draw that card that they needed to blow it up? Heart of the cards, baby. Heart of the cards, I guess. It would be so fucking funny if they were like, yeah, that's a nice card you pulled there. It's too bad it's about to be blown away. Bye. And, like, they're thinking they're going to pull out, like, a wind monster, right? Mm -hmm. And they slap down, like, a fucking energy card or something. They're like, oh, shit. Nope. Just kidding. (laughs) I've got Karibo, I guess. Just kidding, I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Uh, You know what? If you would like your email read on the air, you can shoot it at us, out of a gun, into Liam's head. Oh, I really don't like receiving emails that way. We gotta stop that. (laughs) You can send it to riderclubradio at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at riderclubradio. You know what, Liam? Mm. Why don't we go back to watching three episodes a week of Jetman? Starting now? Starting now. Sure, okay. I just want to give our listeners the heads up so that they know if anyone on Earth is following along with Jetman, since no one ever talks to me about it. I don't know. Next week we'll do 17, 18, and 19 then. And uh, that way we can hopefully catch all the two-parters within the three episodes. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Even if none of you motherfuckers ever told any of your friends about the podcasts. Yeah, we know who Ever. We know who you are, Daniel. Fucking tell your friend. Fucking Chris, you piece of shit. <laughs> I definitely got somebody with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.